Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. It's going to be episode 117, and we're going to do the readings for December 18th. I always forget this every Advent for some reason, that once we hit the fourth week, uh, that's where everything changes, um, because the fourth week is like, that's like ground zero for Advent. You know, you go into the... Um, you're in a final countdown, you know, like that song, The Final Countdown. So, entrance antiphon. Christ our King is coming. He is the Lamb foretold by John. John the Baptist. Okay, and the prayer. Grant we pray, Almighty God, that we who are weighed down from of old by slavery beneath the yoke of sin may be set free by the newness of the long-awaited nativity of your only begotten Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words and what I have done and what I have failed to do through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask Blessed Virgin Ever Mary and all the angels and saints and you, my brothers and sisters, to please pray with me and for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us and grant us Forgiveness through all our sins. Amen. Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison. Christe eleison, Christe eleison, Christe eleison. Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Alrighty, <clears throat> and... We're going to do the little uh, <clears throat> Advent prayer. Excuse me. All right. Hold on. Let me pick one. This is a little different. This is from December. Uh, the Holy In Infancy. Thanksgiving for God's gifts. Oh, Lord, all that we have in soul and body everything we possess within or without, whether natural or supernatural, comes from you and reveals your bountiful goodness. From you we have received everything that is good. Some of us receive more than others, yet everything comes from you. And without you we would have nothing. Those who have received more cannot boast as though they had been so rewarded because of their own merit or consider themselves better than others or look with disdain on those who have received less for those who are greater and more acceptable to you are those who attribute no blessings to their own worth and who offer humble and devout thanks to you. I come to you seeking your spiritual consolation and relief. It is to you 
that I address this plea. For you alone know all things, even my innumerous thoughts, and you alone can grant me your comfort and help. You know the extent of my needs, and you are well aware of how weak I am in the practice of virtue. I stand before you destitute and naked, begging for your grace and imploring your, your mercy. Give your food to this hungry sublent. Inflame my heart with the fire of your love and illumine my blindness with the light of your presence. Cause me to turn away from and despise all earthly delights and grant me the patience to endure the burdens of this life. Lift up my heart to you in heaven and do not permit me to wander aimlessly in the face of, of the earth. May you alone be my delight, and now and forever. You alone are my food and drink, my love and my joy, and my supreme good. Amen. So, I've been thinking, you know, I, I don't think any of us have this picture perfect ideal life i don't think anyone does i mean you know some people might come from a big family some people might come from um you know a family where there's a lot of love maybe and a lot of people may be grateful but i think uh, with all honesty no, even when we look at, let's say, the nativity of our Lord, his birth, that was not picturesque. This image of uh, that we painted, um, you know, with the, the stable, the stable, I can never say the word right, with the animals, that's not picturesque that's not an ideal picture it's not it's not beautiful baby being born with animals where Joe Saint Joseph had to shovel the manure out of the way put fresh hay down that's not I mean you would call I mean back then for crying out loud if there was such a thing, you would be calling child protective services. They would take the baby away from Mary and Joseph. Little baby Jesus will be taken away. We paint this image. We make these, these images. And then we talk about, we're so hypocritical. We talk about um, social justice. There was no social justice back then. I mean... You might have called them with the zealots, but there was, but the truth is baby Jesus would have been taken away if such a thing existed. We have kids living in rat infested homes. We have kids living in homes where there are fathers and mothers taking drugs. We have kids living in homes where there are child sexual abuse and exploitation. We have kids uh, 
being brought across the border being exploited. We have human trafficking around the world. There is no picturesque. Christ came to be born in a, in a world that needed his help, that needed his salvation, that needed his justice. That's the reason why Christ came to the world, because we are sick and we are diseased. And even in the most perfect, happy home or what looks like a perfect, happy home, there is sin and there is evil. Now we, we are in a world now where they're talking about pedof legalizing pedophilia as another form of expression of love. There's a photographs that were going around with kids um, in a, a form of exploitation by this fashion company. Uh, about, I can't remember the name. It was all over the internet where the kids had a teddy bear that was uh, in a suggestive gear of um, SMM, you know, uh, sadomasochistic thing with belts and and, and bondage gear and stuff like that. And it came out one after another photograph, Bal Balgara, something like that. I can't pronounce the name, but it's, it goes to show you how sick this world is. The purpose for Jesus for coming into this world is to be our savior, is to bring us the graces we need to, to wake up, to open our eyes our minds and our hearts and our spirits and the very depths of our being to the truth, which is God. Christ is God. We have to stop this nonsense about social justice. What we think is, is justice is really um, sanctifying sin, making sin holy making sin acceptable. We want to take God and we want God to bless our sins. That's what we want to do. That's why there's so much confusion in the church. That's why there's so much evil. That's why you have people talking about sanctifying gay marriage, uh, making it holy and blessing it. That's never going to happen. And if it does happen, the church has been taken into Babylonian activity. You know, I'm in captivity, excuse me. And that's that's not going to happen. The gates of hell will never prevail against the church. There are people in our, in, our in our church who think because this is the one holy Catholic church and the fact that we are the one true church, the one true church can, can make it all right, can bless sodomy, can bless pedophilia, can bless uh, evil can make it right because we're the one true church. The other churches are not real, so they can't do it. If we do it, we can make, we can fix all the problems. No, it's never going to happen. My brothers and sisters It's never going to happen. No matter what, it will never happen. I mean, I have to say with all honesty, I, I have become more an evangelical Catholic. Um, I, I believe that Christ established oh, oh, the one true faith. I believe in um, in the seven sacraments. I believe in the priesthood. I do believe in the papacy. 
I believe in in the supernatural elements of it. But in the corporate church, um, I'm more cautious. What I mean by is uh, that there is an element of the church that is not supernatural that I, I'm very cautious of. Um, whenever uh, the bureaucracy, the, the politics I don't like, um, the corporate element, the element that is lacking in supernatural, I, I'm very cautious of. Now, you know, the fact that there's, there seems to be a lot of uh, corruption where justice is being, is, is not, is not being uh, executed properly. Like what's happened now with Father Frank Provone. Now, there are uh, a lot of things coming out uh, that they say that he committed blasphemy. I've heard exactly what was that. It was some kind of social media thing. Um, he apologized and went to confession for it. The part about the fetus on the altar, that was not an altar. Frank Pavone made it quite clear. It was um, a table where he set it up as a martyr. It was not on, on an altar. He says, and I, I'm, I'm inclining to believe him because I don't think he would say this publicly and lie about it. There's no reason for him to do that. Um, if he's a human being, he's, he's, you know, he's bound to make passionate responses without thinking, like all of us do. Um, he because he said he said the term "God damn" on social media, and he went to confession. He apologized for it. You know, he confessed his sins and made reparations. The proper, uh, as required, he, he did penance. Um, even priests are, you know, are expected to sometimes speak passionately and, and without thinking. Um, it's, 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 it's bound to happen. It's bound to happen. Um, and he's had enemies. You got to remember that the um, the element of the pro life movement have decided to target. Uh, I'm sorry, the 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 I'm sorry, the pro choice, the pro abortion movement. Excuse me, the pro the pro choice pro uh, abortion movement have targeted the pro life movement, the pro life movement. And Frank Pavone is the face of the pro Father Frank Pavone is the face of the of the pro life movement. He's the head, you know, he runs the priests for life. And they're angry because the, the Supreme Court overturned Roe versus Wade and and handed it back to the states. And they want to punish it. There are Catholics, like I said, this is the corporate element of the church, this is the political element of the church. This, lacking in that does not have grace it is it is a pure human element a blasphemous side of it that is evil <clears throat> that sees the church as an instrument to be exploited this is the part i don't like this is the part of the church i don't like and often it, it, it's in here in america 
the church has been infiltrated. This is the part where I will agree with Taylor Marshall. And it has been infiltrated in other parts of the world. There is a serious evil element in the church that wants to exploit the church and wants to use the church for political means. This is Catholic charities is one of them. There are good things that Catholic charities do, but there are, but Catholic charities has been exploited. I mean, the other day, Taylor, um, um, Michael Voris revealed the horrible, this horrible uh, financial scheme and a big building in Nebraska with hardly anybody working in it. And it's a Catholic and it's, it's, it's registered as a church and it's sitting on billions and billions using Trump's word billions with a B money where they're hiding money and they're not making reparations for the sex, the, the priestly sex, sex abuse. They don't want to get they're, they're sitting on this money and they're registered as a church. This is the this is the this is the human element of the church that I despise with a passion. I hate this part of the church. This part of the church is wicked. And it's it it saddens it wounds the body of Christ. It wound it hurts our Lord. This is the Judas element of the church. Yes, I agree. The church cannot run without money. It needs to feed and house the priests and the religious. That part I understand. It needs to function. That part I understand. It has to pay its bills. That part I understand. And it, you know, it needs to, it, it needs to function in the world. All right. And, you know, it needs to have a part that has to operate. But money brings out devils. It brings out Judases. Money suppresses the voice, uh, you know, uh, you know, strangles the voice of the of, of Christ. It makes people worry, and it and it, and, it, and it makes them cautious in how they, you know, it, it it suppresses the gospel. I hate that. And unfortunately, I know I'm probably speaking a little passionately right now, but you know, it's it's the part unfortunately it's 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 a, it's the result of, of of the fallen nature of humanity and we have to you know this is the this is why we, we we're going to keep struggling with this till the second coming this is a reading from jeremiah chapter 23 verse 5 and 8 i will raise up a righteous shoot to david reading from the book of the prophet jeremiah Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up a righteous shoot to David. As king, he will reign and govern wisely. He shall do what is just and right in the land. In his days, Judah shall be saved. Israel shall dwell in security. This is the name they give him, the Lord our justice. 
Therefore the days will come, says the Lord, when they shall no longer say, As the Lord lives, who brought the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt, but rather, as the Lord lives, who brought the descendants of the house of Israel from the land of the north, and from all the lands to which I banished them, they shall again live on their own land. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Psalm 72. Justice shall flourish in his, in his time and fullness of peace forever. O God, with your judgment endow the king and with your justice the king's son. He shall govern your people with justice and your afflicted ones with judgment. Justice shall flourish in his, in his time and fullness of peace forever. For he shall rescue the poor when he cries out, and the afflicted when he has no one to help him. He shall have pity for the lowly and the poor. The lives of the poor he shall live. Justice shall flourish in his time and fullness of peace forever. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who alone does wondrous deeds, and blessed forever be his glorious name. May the whole earth be filled with his glory. Justice shall flourish in his time and fullness of peace forever. The Gospel according to St. Matthew. Jesus was born of Mary, the betrothed of Joseph, son of David. Alleluia, alleluia, a, a leader of the house of Israel, giver of the law to Moses on Sinai. Come to rescue us with your mighty power. Alleluia, alleluia. O leader of the house of Israel, giver of the law to Moses on Sinai. Come rescue us with your mighty power. Alleluia, alleluia. Okay. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. When his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found with child through the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her husband, since he was a righteous man, yet unwilling to expose her to shame, decided to divorce her quietly. Such was his intention when, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, be not afraid to take Mary, your wife, into your home, for it is through the Holy Spirit that this child has been conceived in her. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sin. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has said through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke, he did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and took his wife into his home. He had no relations with her until she bore a son, and he named him 
Jesus. The gospel of the Lord praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. This, uh, this is, uh, there was an interesting talk on uh, Pints with Aquinas. There was a YouTube and there was a podcast version of it. You should check it out. There was these two men. Uh, one of them is Algakirk. Uh, uh, I believe both men were former Protestants. And they, one of them became a Eastern Rite Catholic. And both, both became Catholic. And they, um, they actually printed a, they had a, a book on these, these very difficult passages that are contentious between Protestants and, uh, and Catholics and other scholars as well about the word until he did not know her. Um, you know, he had no relations with her until she bore a son and he named him Jesus there is a lot that was written about this among the the Eastern Fathers, among the Apostolic Fathers. A lot was talked about this one passage, this, this verse here. Like, what does it mean? Does it mean anything happened afterward? Does it mean Mary was not a virgin at some point that she had relations with Joseph? The answer to that is no. It doesn't mean a single thing. It, what it means, what it was, what it applies to is the point of the time of her pregnancy in order to fulfill the prophecy of Isaiah. The fact that she herself was untouched before this miraculous conception by the Holy Spirit and throughout the time of her pregnancy that nothing happened until even up to the time of her giving birth. Now, here's the thing. Why would she not remain a virgin after her birth? Some would say, after her giving birth to, to the Lord Jesus. Some would say, well, that means that she was no longer needed. But why? Why would, why would a woman who just, of all the women on earth, all the women, if not on earth, let's just focus on the nation of Israel. Why her among all the girl, all the young maidens of Israel? Why? Why was she picked? And why it had, to, you know, why was it her? Would any young woman have been suited? Was it possible for any young, any young woman to, 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 to take her place? I think one should think about that very carefully, right? I would think about it very carefully. I would question this very carefully. Think about it. If you're talking about the salvation of the world, if you're talking about the Word made flesh, the second person of the Trinity, True God from true God, begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father. Through him all things were made, and for us men and for our salvation, he came down from heaven by the power of the Holy Spirit and was made incarnate in the womb of the Virgin Mary. I would think this carefully. I would think this very carefully. 
if I was a Protestant, if I was a, a, an atheist, if I was a, a lapsed Catholic, if I was a Satanist, I would think this carefully. Even a, if I was a Jewish person, I would think this carefully. Regardless if I was an Orthodox Jew or a liberal Jew, I would think this carefully. Because I do think that Muslims, Muslims, believe that she remained a virgin. Now the question is, why? Why do some people have a problem with this? Why is it that Mary is only good enough up to the point that she gave birth to him? And she was not good enough to be considered afterward. Why? Why would a you as a Protestant dismiss her so easily? What is it you're afraid of? Now, I understand that, they, of course, they look at Catholic devotion and they see all the, the statues and the processions and the different weird designs of the statues and uh, the, the fervent... Uh, re uh, reverence that was given to her. Yeah, I can understand that a lot of that stuff looks <laughs> looks looks extremely out of place. Maybe to to a Protestant looks even paganistic. I would say to some, if I was if I was looking at it from the outside, I would I would I would I would understand the fear, the fear. But I think in most cases. One, why wouldn't anyone show her reverence? Go to the Orthodox Church. Look how they show reverence to an icon. Huh? Look at that. Remember, if you look at the Ark of the Covenant, because if you look at it, Mary has very strong relationship. She's practically synonymous with the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant was Israel's greatest holy object. And it was, if you look at it and you study it, there was great reverence to it. They made processions with it. They would carry it around, lead it through, you know, through Jerusalem. And they would, people showed great homage and reverence to it because it was the seat of mercy. I think God understands reverence far more better. Obviously, God being God, he's perfect. But he understands the need for human beings where the holy, the holiness had to be, has to be revered through the material. Okay? Remember that the Ark of the Covenant carried in it the, two, the tablets of the Ten Commandments, a jar of manna, the staff of Aaron, and I do believe the five books of Moses, the scrolls of Moses. All right? And maybe, maybe who knows, maybe it carried other objects in it that were very important to Israel history because it was, it was, it contained Israel's history. I think reverence and love and fervor was something that was expected of, of, of people and God understood the human nature needing needing that. We, we we have no problem doing this in a secular level, right? We 
have reverence for the U.S. flag. I mean, look at this. If it's not the U.S. flag, it's a rainbow flag, <laughs> right? If it's uh, if it's not um, for for any other objects like the Constitution, um, people go crazy over fashion objects or comic books, right? They collect collect these things and and have. For uh, autographs signed on T-shirts and photographs and other things, and you know, people go crazy over sneakers. These are things that, or people collect historical memorabilia of some kind. Um, this is this is this is the nature of human beings. These things have to be channeled in a proper place where they need to be uh, channeled. In a religious sense, they're channeled, uh, basically. There has to be channeled in a proper way, right? We hold certain objects with with memorabilia, photographs of our loved ones, uh, a locket, um, the, the object... Uh, of the loss and pain of a baby. You hold a baby boot or a baby toy or a little teddy bear uh, from a child that you've lost. These things are channeled in a physical way, in a material way. And it would be done properly, like even in, in a religious setting. Right? That's the way it is. And then we hold relics. The Old Testament showed there were relics. Elisha's bones were were revered. Right? The even let's say the staff with the bronze serpent on it was kept for a while by Israel. That's I think the nature of it. And so here again we go back to Mary. We go back to the new Eve. We find out that the real Ark of the Covenant is a person, a woman, and that the, you know. And for some reason, for people like outside of the Catholic Church, outside of the Orthodox Church, Protestantism, I think it depends on your understanding of the spiritual. I think it. I think it has a lot to do. On your level of understanding. I think it had how much you let the Holy Spirit guide you and open your mind. There's no real there's no real way to explain it. There's no real way to defend it. I think it takes time and I think you really have to empty your mind of a preconceptions, of modern preconceptions, and look at it from a, a very highly different way. And you have to beg the Holy Spirit to open your mind, to illuminate, to loom your understanding, your intellect, to help you see things clearly, to remove the scales from your eyes. And then maybe we can see better. All right, let's uh, move on from there. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. 
Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. St. Michael, Archangel of God, defend us in the day of battle. Be our protection against the wild and wicked attacks of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And now, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen.